Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we glorify your great name. We praise you and we love you because you first loved us. We pray for this week's listeners and we pray a special blessing on the new listeners. We pray for my classmate, Mona, in the loss of her mother, Carlene. We pray the blood of Jesus over stress and stress-related illnesses. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of our high priest, Jesus Christ. Amen. My friends, over the next several weeks leading up to Holy Week, I want to look at the lessons that Jesus taught before he went to the cross. And this week, I want to look at Jesus cleansing the temple. The Gospels written by Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have Jesus cleansing the temple at the end of his ministry, while John records the cleansing at the beginning of his ministry. And so, my brothers and sisters, do we have a mistake? Did Jesus cleanse the temple twice? Or was John correct and the Synoptic Gospels incorrect? Or were Matthew, Mark, and Luke's version of the event correct and John made a mistake? What if John decided not to place events in chronological order and he placed the temple cleansing at the beginning of his gospel? So, let's examine this lesson on temple cleansing. Matthew's account of the event is found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13, and Mark's account is found in Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 17, while Luke's account is found in Luke chapter 19, verses 45 and 46. None of these are as long as John's account in John's second chapter, verses 14 through 22. The entirety of John's gospel has Jesus occupying three offices, king, priest, and Messiah. John may have placed the temple eradication at the beginning of his gospel to signal Jesus as the high priest. Listen to Mark chapter 11, verse 12, and verses 15 through 17. It says, And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Verse 15 says, And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple, and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them, saying to them, Is it not written, my house should be a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it into a den of robbers. Folks, before we read the other versions, let's put the incident into context. Passover was the major Jewish holiday for pilgrims to come to Jerusalem to worship. Part of the worship experience was to kill the Passover lamb for the meal. Pilgrims did not bring their own lambs, so they bought the ones for sale at the marketplace. The merchants would buy the lambs to upsell to the pilgrims. 
Pilgrims would travel from all over the world for Passover, and they also brought different currencies. Each male Jew over the age of 20 was required to pay a temple tax of a half a shekel, which was about two days' wages. The money changers were present to convert the foreign money, and they charged a premium for the exchange. The courtyard of the Gentiles was a large area surrounding the temple, and it became the marketplace for animals to be sacrificed, such as pigeons, sheep, and oxen. All of this activity was authorized by the high priest and other religious leaders, as they also made a profit from the three mandatory feasts for Jews, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. The temple was a large area, and people would use it as a shortcut to carry items to their destination. Jesus also put a stop to that. Now let's read Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 and 13. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Luke's account is the shortest in Luke chapter 19, verses 45 through 46. And it says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. The house of prayer quote is from Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. And now to the lesson Jesus was teaching, which was the proper respect and use of the house of God. Jesus had come to Passover, as was the custom for a Jewish male, and he followed the customs of the day. John's gospel mentioned two other Passover feasts besides the one in John's second chapter. He mentions one in John chapter 6, verse 4, and one in John chapter 11, verse 55, and continues in chapter 12, verse 1, and chapter 13, verse 1. This means three Passover feasts attended by Jesus during his earthly ministry. Those who support the two temple cleansings say that Jesus was unknown at the time of the first cleansing, and the next year was business as usual. But by the third Passover, Jesus was well known, and the second cleansing was enough to have him arrested. Jesus, acting as high priest in his father's house, stepped in for the current high priest who condoned the temporary marketplace and the profiteering. My friends, there is nothing wrong with the animals. They were required. There was nothing wrong with exchanging money for the correct currency. The problem was setting up shop in the area designated as the place for the Gentiles to pray to God. John chapter 2 verse 13 says, Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse 14 continues, And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. Folks, when churches depend on man-made events, such as selling barbecue, fish dinners, spaghetti dinners, and other ethnic foods to support the church, this is not the plan God has given. He has ordained tithes and offerings. The, the temple tax was an offering to support the temple. My friends, 
Every fall in Birmingham, Alabama, the local Greek church sponsors a Greek food festival for three days. This three-day event usually raises around $3 million, and it is donated to local charities. The members take care of the church through their offerings, and for the food festival, they donate and cook the food for the event. Will Jesus be pleased with this event? My brothers and sisters, John 2nd chapter, verse 15, provides a detail not found in any of the other Gospels. It records, When he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. My comrades, Jesus was justifiably angry, and the whip meant that he meant business. My friends, Passover was the holiest Jewish festival, and Jesus wanted to return it back to its original purpose. John chapter 2, verse 16 says, And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. The pilgrims came to the temple to pray, to worship, to offer their sacrifices, and to seek the Lord's help. Matthew chapter 21, verse 14 says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Jesus also continued to teach about God's kingdom in Luke chapter 19, verse 47a, which says, And he was teaching daily in the temple. My friends, Jesus was all about kingdom building. When was the last time you performed a spiritual cleansing of your own spiritual temple? Throw out the worldly things and get back to praying, worshiping, and seeking God for help. Let's pray. Father, we pray for the courage to discard anything in our lives that keep us from you. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our sacrifice. Your sins have been forgiven. All you have to do is accept his sacrifice. Go to our email address, hello at greatministries.org and type in Jesus saved me. Would you do that? I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request, your praise reports, and your comments to our email address, which is, again, hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.